0: Our weekly Peacock and Williamson mailbag, big time questions about the Jets and how close they are in landing Aaron Rodgers. what that could look like for both squads Some pushback on our initial thoughts from the Seahawks making, or did they make Geno <laughs> Smith, the long-term answer at quarterback and a whole bunch more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson.
1: NFL analyst, Brian Peacock and former NFL scout, Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office with elite
0: breakdowns, next level analysis and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BB Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Those Twitter handles is where all the questions are coming from on today's mailbag episode of Lockdown 49ers, which is presented by FanDuel, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. We got to start with the latest, and it is Aaron Rodgers, and seeming more and more inevitable, Matt, that the New York Jets is going to be the landing spot for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and that maybe that compensation might not be so much that it'll be that prohibitive. To uh, prohibitive? Did I say the right word? Prohibitive. I think you got it. Yeah, yeah. It's early for me on the West Coast. I know <laughs> at lunch over there on the East Coast, um, for that trade to be made, for you know, not so. It's not, not, not so costly to the Jets that it's just mm-hmm. going to be that difficult to get this thing done. It, it sounds more and more like Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets could actually be happening. The Jets did make a trade today. I think it was, a what, a seventh rounder next year for Chuck Clark, safety from the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Yeah, and let's just throw that that uh, trade out there. Those t- You'll see some of those trades this time of year. And, folks, if you're not aware, if you see a seventh rounder for an established veteran, you're probably like, Chuck Clark's a pretty good safety. Well, Why do you get him for a seventh round pick? Well, because that means the Ravens were going to cut him, you know, and the Jets didn't want to fight everybody else on the open market for him. He's clearly going to be a, an NFL player and probably a starter. I mean, I I know we're not going to spend the whole conversation talking about Chuck Clark, but those are the type of deals you'll see between now and the draft to open up cap space guy gets a a quality starter for a seventh round pick. Um, But if you're about to add Aaron Rodgers' contract to your, salary cap I thought it was a little odd to pick up a a contract like Clark but it's it's small potatoes we'll brush over that
0: definitely some small potatoes there yeah Um, yeah uh, when it when it comes to I've seen multiple questions here one of them from my co-host uh who uh who I work with every single day on locked on 49ers Eric Crocker he phrased it this way as it pertains to just the Packers and Aaron Rodgers if this is the end for Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. and the Packers he said what's more impressive that the Steelers, the, your Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, have had three head coaches in your lifetime. So <laughs> right, right. Right? So if you're 50 years old, you've seen three head coaches for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Or the Packers having just Favre and Rodgers, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, for over a 31-year span.
1: That's unbelievable. It really is. I mean, it's like... Mantle to or DiMaggio to Mano in center field for the Yankees or you know I mean some of these unbelievable succession plans Hall of Famers and not even borderline Hall of Famers I mean maybe top 10 players at their at their position ever unbelievably impressive new time new time is coming um my apologies BP I I did I think six different podcasts yesterday so I think you and I had this conversation but I forget who I talked about it with with Rodgers so he has a lot of power here I mean. can't he kind of negotiate this deal and say, I don't want the Packers to get much
0: compensation.
1: You know what I mean? Like can't he say, let's make it a second round pick or I'll just retire or I I think additional picks, you know, right.
0: And that's part of why compensation will make sense for everybody in the end, because it's basically one team and he decides where he's going to go. And Mm -hmm. if he's like, all right, Matt, the jets, we like them. They're willing to do it. Let's make this all work. And it's not like the, it's not like there's going to be 10 teams bidding on Aaron Rodgers, but I guess right. the Packers could sort of, you know, allow some other teams to at least call and be like, look, this team is interested. This team's interested. Let's wait. And, you know, any of the parties could hold things up, but I think in the end, I don't think any parties want to hold this up. So I think that's why it ends up getting greased a little bit and, and makes the, the yeah. whole deal become a little bit simpler for everybody.
1: But I, I my point was, I can see Packers fans being upset with the compensation when it comes through and you might be, you know, it might be a second round pick this year and a future second if he plays next year or something right, like that. Right, or just maybe
0: uh, a conditional one next year, depending on how things go. And mm-hmm. uh, and and I, 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 at this point, I'd be surprised, actually, if they get the Jets' first round pick this year.
1: I don't think they will. No. I, it's all said and done. I bet they don't, which puts the Jets in a pretty good spot. If you can add Rodgers and still have that first, maybe nothing much else that's a left tackle or, you know, whatever. I mean, that's a pretty strong roster.
0: JDS has a two-pronged question here as it pertains to the Jets, Packers, Aaron Rodgers, but as a Packers fan, he says, has the last 30 years we just talked about with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, two back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks, if you're a 30-year-old Packer fan, you know nothing else but those two quarterbacks, has it been a success or a failure? With yeah, that's a good question. All-time quarterbacks, but only two rings, one apiece for Rodgers and Favre.
1: That's a tough question. I mean, I'm curious what your thoughts on on it are. I mean, part of it is teams that lived through the Michael Jordan era didn't get many rings in Brady's Jordan this. you know, one guy monopolized a lot of visits to the Super Bowl during the last 20 years or so. And that doesn't make it so mean it's okay, but it, it was a rare time in NFL history where one guy's going consistently. Doesn't make it better. I mean, trust me, I get this question all the time. Was the was a era a failure? He got two rings. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was Breeze's era in New Orleans a failure. Only got one. I don't know. I kind of think if you get one, that's the ultimate accomplishment, and I don't know that every listener understands how hard it is to do. But it's a very fair question for 30 years end up with two rings.
0: I think it's a resounding success if you got a ring. Over the course of a a quarterback, or you know, an era of a team, or coach, an era of a coach, I think it's a resounding success if you got a ring and you were competitive most, or if not, yeah, yeah. So Steelers, Roethlisberger era, huge success. Success. Packers, Favre and Rodgers, both huge successes to me.
1: So how about like Eli? Eli got two rings, but his down years were
0: bad. I right. think that's a, but he's not as good as those guys. I'm sorry. He's not as good. And I think that was right. a, a great success as well. I, Me think, too. Me too. You know, if, if, if the only success is Jordan or Brady, then everyone's, then everyone's a failure. Everyone's sad all
1: the time. You know, right, 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 right. It's not the same argument, but was the Eagles' year a success this year? Of course it was.
0: Right. Yeah. So was
1: the Bengals. You know, you didn't end up hoisting the trophy, but it was a successful season.
0: The the thing where I would start to question it is what it's looking like with the Los Angeles Rams. You go all in, mm-hmm. but your peak was so short, you won it, but then you're falling apart, it looks like. This could be right. a team, and, and there's been new reports now. Uh, Matthew Berry had the thing that he was the article of the 23 things he heard mm-hmm. uh, at the Combine, and that you know it still might be the end for Matthew Stafford. You know He's going to throw, yeah. and, and that might continue into next year, and, and retirement's still potentially on the table for him. And you had those pillars in a Stars and Scrubs roster. Um, McVeigh and and Aaron uh, Donald already thinking about retirement. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, getting out from under what, what's what's collapsing over there. Is, is that worth it? I would say I would much rather have a competitive team and you get a ring than uh, get a w- ring and then all of a sudden become non-competitive and and potentially. I mean, this might be one of the worst teams in the NFL over the next couple of years if it continues in that path.
1: Right. I mean, we didn't even mention Allen Robinson's on the trade block now, and Jalen Ramsey could get traded as well, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's similar. It's not to the same degree, but Tampa Bay recently won a Super Bowl with Brady. They might be the worst team in the league this year. I mean, like, it's going to get bad for them now, you know, I mean, in a hurry. So I still think both those teams are worth it. I think anything's worth it for a ring. And if you go a decade with a great quarterback and only get one or you get two in 30 years, I think that's a success. Two in 30 years is about the line, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Breeze for 10 years gets one great 30 years of Hall of Famers and only two is a really good conversation.
0: Second part of this from JDS, how much better or worse are the Jets supporting cast compared to the Packers would think only an upgrade at number one receiver and downgrade uh, everything else, including coaching. What do you think there? Packers roster versus uh, Jets roster now with Aaron Rodgers.
1: I think the Jets is better. Uh, I mean, as currently constructed. Yeah. I mean, I don't love the receivers in Green Bay at all, and I adore Garrett Wilson. I mean, I think he's a star. I think that you know Rodgers would have killed to have Elijah Moore last year, let alone Wilson. Um, kind of out of sight, out of mind. I know running backs don't matter. I think Brees Hall's a star. Yeah, you know, I mean, getting him back to that offense is gigantic.
0: Imagine it. it where the- it's amazing because with. The, the New York Jets last year, they had the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Right, And if Reese Hall stays healthy, they <laughs> had the, the other offensive rookie of the year, right? Exactly, so exactly. Really unbelievable the draft they had, the talent they've accumulated, and really they just need the quarterback to bring it all together. It could look a lot like what we saw when Tom Brady went to Tampa and all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, this team's a juggernaut. We might see that with the New York Jets.
1: We might see that. I mean, I don't know what to think of Mikai Becton, but they played all most of the year without Vera Tucker, They're really good at the guard spots. I would imagine there's a high percentage chance their first-round pick is one of the top three tackles, you know. so And Green-Bezo line wasn't great last year. And, you know, you're throwing to Robert Tunyon and guys like that. I mean, this is an upgrade.
0: No doubt. And, yeah, yeah, get yourself a – tight end in this draft yeah right that in the first round and also it's it's really shaping up nicely for the new york jets but they've got a lot of competition not only in the afc east but the entire afc so afc just gets stronger with this trade i wonder what it would look like if lamar jackson went to the nfc right and all of a sudden is well i'm the best quarterback in the nfc now you know and and that could happen very quickly for a football team
1: absolutely and maybe rogers doesn't have this ability since he is an nfc team but wouldn't you much rather go to the NFC if you're Lamar or Rodgers? <laughs> I mean, it's not even close.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Or a head coach looking for a job or, or, or anything. Anybody Much easier right. passing the NFC uh, right now. Uh, no doubt about that. You mentioned oh. tackles there. We've got some pushback on some of our takes from earlier podcasts this week. One on okay. Peter Skronsky. One of the offensive tackles. Is he a guard in the NFL? One of the top offensive linemen in the NFL draft. And uh, what about those contracts now that we've seen the structure for Daniel Jones and Geno Smith? Next, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Of course, there's still ways to bet on the NFL, even though the season is over Off-season mode, you can bet on the next Super Bowl champion, the next NFL MVP or tons of draft props that are growing at FanDuel. And of course, NBA season is coming to a head as well. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Love the website. Love the interface there. Uh, Then you can bet on everything from money line, point scores, threes, drained. plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Matt, taking a look here at uh, just, just a little just a little pushback here. Um, okay. yep, let, yep. Let's finish up the quarterback conversation of this. Izaz is a, a Seahawks fan and a faithful listener to the show. Shout out. He says, Brian and Matt, you mostly subtly rolled your eyes at the Geno Smith contract. But it's basically a three-year, $75 million contract with $40 million guaranteed. I mm-hmm. think it's a steal and it doesn't hamper anything for their plans for the team going forward. And if you and and, and I also want to point out that the uh Daniel Jones' contract as well has a the fourth year is $56.5 million, which he's probably never going to see. So instead one. of that four-year 160 at $40 million per year, it's practically a three-year $112 million contract, so $37.5 million per year. Um, still some big cap hits to come in 24 and 25, but a, a little lower $19 million cap hit this year for Daniel Jones, and, and that's why they wanted to get that done to fit everything in that they could rather than him play on a, on a bigger for the first year, one year contract. So as as is usually the case, Matt, when you see the structure, these contracts not quite what is immediately leaked from the agents. Uh Daniel Jones contract still don't love it. Because I, I still don't want to pay him 45 million dollars next year, which is what he's, you know, that's going to be the cap hit mm-hmm. next year. And I just don't think he's that player. For Geno Smith though, izos has a point here about it not really fundamentally changing what the What the Seahawks can do, whether that's draft a quarterback at five if they want to, or just go ahead with Geno as their starting quarterback.
1: Yeah, my apologies because we didn't spend enough time talking Geno because Daniel Jones kind of stole the show a little bit on that in that podcast. So you're right. I mean, it's I don't bargain might be a strong word or steal might be a strong word, but I I think it's it's not a steal. It's not a steal for
0: a guy who's had one good year in right, right.
1: Side note: I pulled up his contract too, and he already laid it out. He nailed it. For this is crazy. For the 39th overall pick to have 10 years experience in the league, he's only made 17 million dollars. You know, like if you're highly drafted and you last in the league, you would think you had some big contracts. This guy never has. So works out great for him. You know, he gets to cash out late in life as a 32 year
0: old. Yeah. Um I do want to say it's a great story. Yeah. And, and I love it yeah, for yeah, James yeah. Smith. And I'm glad he's able to cash in. And it's a really cool story. And he had a, a phenomenal season. I don't want to take that away from him at all.
1: Agreed, but I think you're right I think it's a very good signing That's the cost of doing business He's a starting quarterback I now believe he's one of the top 32 in the league I think you can win with him He wasn't as good at the end of the year As he was in the middle in the beginning That gives me a little bit of pause But I am very much in the market If I'm Seattle with two first round picks uh, And with that first pick I think I want Anthony Richardson You know, And this doesn't prohibit you at all
0: there's been a little smoke, actually. I saw a report this morning about Anthony Richardson and Seahawks potentially being the selection. Seahawks are in a great spot because they're they a great can spot. allow one of those quarterbacks to fall to them. Maybe if they decide, oh, man, we actually have a trade offer and we want to do that and continue to add extra first-round picks in the future, they can do that. Or they could be sitting there and looking at Jalen Carter or Will Anderson at that pick at number 5, right? So, yeah, I mean, they're in a fantastic spot, have another first-round pick. On top of that, they already had the best Draft in the entire NFL last year, and now you have a cost controlled starting quarterback. And right now in the NFC West, they're the only team that knows who their starting quarterback is going to be in week one.
1: Yeah, I think they're in a great spot. Like you said, they played a ton of rookie snaps last year, got a lot out of them, premium positions like tackle and corner. And I used to look at this draft and think you really want to be in the top four. There's going to be Carter, there's going to be Anderson, two quarterbacks. Well, I think top five now is the same, you know, that there's going to be three quarterbacks. Carter Anderson, you know, so Seattle's going to get a premium, premium player in a draft that doesn't have that many premium players, whether it's a quarterback or a win now defensive player that they need desperately. And then you're on the clock again at 20, which is phenomenal. And they may even have extra day two picks. I don't know that off the top of my head, but they they, they, yeah, yeah,
0: I just Locked on 49ers. If anybody's a 49ers fan, check that out. Today's episode uh, was was about the NFC West, and, and we looked at that. The 49ers, because of the Lance trade and the Christian McCaffrey trade, don't have a pick until their comp third round picks, late round three, and they have three of those, but they don't pick until pick 99, basically. The Seattle Seahawks have five picks before that, and four, wow. of, them in the, four of those picks in the top 53 for Seattle. That's phenomenal.
1: They're in great shape. I mean, oh, okay. I also think that'd be a great spot for like Herndon Hooker. You know, he's. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's injured this year. He's so the Geno Smith Geno. of this draft, basically. Absolutely, like that's a great guy. 20,
0: uh, twenty-four year old. He's he's a little older prospect, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he, he is. So, get yourself a the twenty-four year old version of Geno Smith, maybe.
1: Yeah, he tore his ACL in November, so he might not be ready for some time. I don't care. I got Geno for twenty-five million. So, uh, I, if they get one of those five quarterbacks, they're in a really good spot. Uh, crazy thought. Okay, what if they were to like trade for? Wilson from the Jets, you know, someone that's like worth nothing now. that and hey, we'll give you a fifth round pick for him, take him off your hands. You're like, I yeah. just want a young, talented quarterback in that building,
0: right? If they decide not to do it in the draft, I could absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Kind of like how they 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 took a flyer on Locke, Drew Locke last year, right? Like, well, right. Didn't beat out you know, he wasn't our guy, but you know, let's let's check out one of these other talented guys and see if mm-hmm. we can uh develop something there, yeah. And, and I obviously, when rogers ends up in uh in New York. If he does, and it's looking like it's it's a pretty good chance of that happening, yeah, you know, it'd be probably best for everybody to get get probably. Zach Wilson out of there, right? I mean, you've, right, right. you've already you've already made that decision. That's not the guy,
1: right? And I'm I probably could come up with a handful of other names that were basically draft busts that are young that you could get cheap. And I just want one more young, talented quarterback in that building, preferably through the draft.
0: Where would Kenny Pickett, Matt, speaking of the draft and those quarterbacks, Josh has a question here. Where would Kenny Pickett rank among this year's top quarterback prospects?
1: Here comes Williamson Homerism to no end.
0: Oh, no. If he, if he's any higher than fifth, Matt.
1: We got a problem, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, it just so happens, and you can find this probably on my timeline, that at the Combine, this discussion came up. As you can imagine, I was on the air six hours a day. This had to come up. But it wasn't me bringing it up. It was one of my most respected analysts out there, Greg Cosell. Does everybody know Greg Cosell? He's a superstar. Oh yeah. My my buddy Ross Tucker calls him the the goat of civilian tape watchers, you know? <laughs> and I think he absolutely is. Greg said, "I'll take I'll take Picket over every quarterback in this draft right now." Knowing what I know now, I agree with him. In and week part what? of it's every, right to second, like if. If the Bears offered you pick number one for Pickett, he would say no, and I would say no. Now, that doesn't mean I'm totally sold on Pickett, but I can cheat a little bit too, and I've got one season of NFL tape to go off of where I don't with them. And this was also before the quarterback workouts, and we were basically saying, I got a lot of questions about all these quarterbacks. Like, if it was Trevor Lawrence or even Fields, you know, like I would have traded Pickett for those guys in heartbeat. I have less questions about those top four, than I did pre-combine, but I still think I'd take Pickett. And I'm not saying he's going to be a star, but I, I'm sold that he's going to be a good starting quarterback. I'm going to get some blowback yeah, for that. This
0: <laughs> I, On the surface, that sounds absolutely bonkers. That's, that, that sounds tough. um yeah. I mean, if they were all in the same draft class, that, that's how I read this question. If they're on the same draft class, Kenny Pickett would yeah. go fifth. He would go exactly. He wouldn't go top four, right. and I don't think he would go sixth. He would go fifth, exactly.
1: And might not even be a top 10 pick. He might be right. 20th again. You know, And I, mean?
0: I don't think I saw personally enough of Kenny Pickett to believe in the upside that I would take him over the potential of the other four quarterbacks in this class. And I think most teams would probably feel the same. And I think it would be absolutely insane for the Steelers to turn down the number one overall pick for Pickett but that's because of the value of the pick and trading down and everything yeah, else, yeah, yeah, yeah. not necessarily just straight up. That's a good. That reasoning as well. You would also think that that uh, Justin Fields would have immense value here in, in the same sort of a question. Like, I, if you wouldn't right. trade the first pick for Pickett, then you definitely wouldn't trade the first pick for Fields. Which is why the the Chicago Bears would be very smart to keep Fields in that case, just because a known mm-hmm. quantity, right? Um, because any of these four quarterbacks could be busts. And and I understand that part of it, but I I would, I would flip the coin. I would bet on any of the four quarterbacks to have with their upside, a better career than Kenny Pickett. And I wouldn't be worried about it if they busted, because I don't think the high end potential for Kenny Pickett would be enough that I'd be killing myself for swinging for the fences. If that makes sense.
1: I, I absolutely get that argument. And as a rule of thumb, I want the riskier quarterback, the upside quarterback. I mean, my favorite quarterbacks there are years coming out were Lamar and Mahomes. And, you know, I mean, like I, I know that there's risk involved, but give me the I, I'm going to swing as hard as I can when I'm at the plate because doubles don't let me. I don't beat Mahomes with doubles. You know what I mean? Right. So there is that aspect of it. And I'll be very honest. The one year ago version of Pickett coming out of Pitt version It would be below these four, you know, but I'm putting a lot of weight in having a whole season of NFL tape. And I thought he got noticeably better. His stats aren't great. I mean, his stats are ugly, but his play is much better than his stats. It's a good conversation. And I'm trying not to be a Homer because frankly, Greg said it first. And then I thought about it and I'm like, I don't think I would either, but it's a conversation. You would trade Brock Purdy for any of the four, right? I have to ask.
0: Uh, Oh yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the 49ers quarterback is uh, is another conversation altogether. We don't have time mm-hmm. for that one. It's a, right, it's right, a, right. Um, it is and it has been a, a continual wild ride with the 49ers. <laughs> All right, next, Matt. Uh, we got questions about Skaronsky, NFL draft, uh Lamar Jackson, and some more questions about potentially what the the records might look like for the Jets and Packers if this Aaron Rodgers hmm. trade does happen. And uh Chargers restructures as well. We'll see how many of these questions we can get to. Rapid fire in the final segment of today's. Peacock and Williamson. By the way, make sure you subscribe up to the brand new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Peacock and Williamson is where you can find it. Uh, we're not on the Locked On NFL channel anymore. Peacock and Williamson standalone YouTube channel. And Of course, you can find it in all the regular places that you could before on the audio only podcast apps. And make sure you check out everything else the network has to offer. Locked On NFL Draft. It is draft season. And of course, your team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, real quick, where do the Jets finish in the AFC East with Rodgers?
1: First. Woo! I think the Bills are going backwards. But I think both are double-digit win teams and it comes down to week 17 battle between the Jets and Bills yeah. for division crown,
0: you know, that I think it's life. tight and I think just the unknown of Tua it makes it a little bit difficult yeah. with Miami. I'd have to put them 3, but I, how quickly does it cuz Rodgers has taken some time with his receivers before? Mm-hmm. Does it just? Are they just hit the ground running in week one, or does it take some time? You know, are they better in the playoffs? Question. Are they better in week 17 than they were in week two, three? It would be my question there. So I might still take the bills, but that's a close one.
1: That's a close one. I think the bills in Miami will have worse record or worse rosters than they finished with. The Jets will have a noticeable better roster.
0: And they're okay, the, that- the flip side of that with love is the Packers starting quarterback. Ah, uh, what we what would be considered a successful season there? Did are, are they better than they were last year? Are they the thirteen to three teams we saw from a few years ago?
1: I think they're happy if they're nine and eight. And he looks like he belongs. Like I, I almost don't care about the record. Just kind of like that picket conversation. Does he look like a starter? Is he out of the woods? Is he a good starter? Then it's a successful year. I don't know if they win nine games though, but that's to be
0: honest. I, th- I think adding a future first-round pick might be more beneficial for that yeah, reason. For the Packers. Exactly, to see Love, and then you have two first-round picks next year to maybe go attack a different quarterback if that's the way you want to go with the organization and start that new path.
1: I-, I know this sounds crazy because the Packers are never down this road, but if he's bad, they could be a four-win team and be in the you know first overall sweepstakes, especially with some you know firepower to move up. Now I like getting next year's picks for them.
0: Um, Michael says right or wrong without the injuries recently from Lamar Jackson's, uh, last two seasons. I think he's only played, I think he's missed 10 of his last 20 seasons. Yeah. Does he get the fully, like, were you, are we even talking about this? Does he get that Watson contract? Is it all fully guaranteed and figured out already by the Baltimore Ravens? I don't
1: know. Um, maybe. Yeah, probably because he's so good. I mean, there'd be so much better tape. There'd be so many more wins. You know, they may have been in the AFC championship game. They almost beat the Bengals without him, you know. So, yes, there would be more team success. He's such a driving force for that team. Yeah, if he plays every game, they everybody's happy as could be. Yeah, I
0: yeah, think I it, so. it, does, it does change the equation. I think there's a certain amount of guarantees, though, that the Ravens and, and probably most teams wouldn't go to anyway. But it might. It might move the slider a little bit with more of the guarantees and and more willingness to do something from the Baltimore Ravens side. I I think it would have to change things.
1: I think he had signed a contract by now. I don't know about the guarantees and all that, but I bet he signed a contract by now if he would not have missed time.
0: Uh, Josh asks, the Chargers restructured Keenan Allen to keep him. Is it time for the Chargers to draft a first-round receiver to be his replacement? How about Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's basically the next Keenan Allen? Same guy, yeah and just uh, draft his replacement right there. I, I love that selection, but I- oh, absolutely. They-, they they're in the market yeah. for a receiver and they might need a couple of them.
1: They might. And I think they just really need team speed on offense. Like Williams misses too much time. Allen isn't fast. I mean, with Herbert's arm strength, new coordinator, even if, like a Jalen Hyatt, who's like the Will Fuller type. I mean, they need someone that can burn just to open up space. And, uh, Smith and jigma is not that guy but he's my number one receiver I mean I adore him he'd be great anywhere but I would be looking for speed
0: hey and if you need a a 170 pound speedy receiver this is the draft for you man oh lots of them and uh they, that'll be deep into the draft that you could find one of those guys so yeah mm-hmm. it would be shocking to me if they don't draft at least one and, and probably yeah. a couple of a wide receivers I agree tri-
1: i'd have last to look at here. the allen restructure is that just i mean he'll be back this year but does that mean that he's probably gone a year from now probably yeah
0: i think that there's not much more there and you're probably mm-hmm. just pushing some some money into void years later yeah yeah last one here from michael he said uh is at bd peacock being a little too harsh on skaronski only being able to play guard wasn't that the narrative on slater also from northwestern
1: Slater's arms are at least an inch longer, if not more. I mean, I don't know this as a fact, but I've heard many people say it, and Lance Airline in particular, whose dad is no line coach, that there are no tackles in the league right now with his Skoronsky's arm length. So are you being too harsh? Does he have to be a guard? I draft them, put them at left tackle and say fail. You know, if you don't fail, we'll leave you there. You know, that's why I love him like with the Titans because they need multiple linemen. They don't just need a left tackle. He could fill in somewhere. I think he's the best blocker in this draft period. But I'm doing this triple take series for the Steelers where I do my top five tackles, my top five guards. I put Skaronsky this morning as my number one guard, you know, and I think that's safe. But he might be Zach Martin. Zach Martin was this exact same guy coming out of Notre Dame and he's the best guard in the last 20 years or something.
0: And so, yeah, essentially, thirty-three inches is the cutoff for NFL mm-hmm. tackles, and and Rashawn Slater was had the short arm thing coming into the draft, but he was right. exactly thirty-three inches, and so yeah. Skorowski's below that even, and and that's still like about as short as any offensive tackle is going to be in the NFL, and teams just don't really don't even attempt it. So I'd be shocked if the team even allows, like you said, which is which is fair. If you're a good player, let good players play. If he's a tackle, let him be a tackle, because mm-hmm. like. This is my thing, and there's a lot of tackles in the league that, that meet the length requirement, but they're not great pass blockers. So right, right. what's the point? Why not have a really good run-blocking guard that's got short arms play tackle if the end result's the same anyway?
1: Right, and there really aren't 64 prototypical tackles, like all these guys, Cody Mock, well, he's got moving the guard. Well, there aren't 64 of them on every given Sunday, so there's right. dudes playing out of position to tackle all the time. Um, what was I going to say about that? Oh, last note on Slater though. Oh, you said thirty-three is the magic number. It is. Some teams won't even go that low. Some teams right. have a thirty-four threshold, and I guarantee you, if Slater's arms were thirty-four, we'd be talking about should they take Pene Sewell or Slater at five. You know, and he still fell to the mid of the first round.
0: Yeah, he he still fell to pick thirteen, I believe it was. Yeah, I so. And uh, I I I'd, I'd be willing to bet my paycheck that Skaronski just starts a guard and plays guard.
1: Probably, and I bet he's great at it.
0: Thanks for all the questions. Apologies to those questions we did not get to. We always appreciate them. Every week at BD Peacock, at Williamson Williamson NFL is where you get those questions in on Twitter. You can also drop a comment on the brand new YouTube channel as well for Peacock and Williamson. Make sure you're subscribed up there. A very special guest tomorrow to end the week on Friday's episode. Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus to talk combine draft and, of course, the start of NFL free agency right here. Peacock and Williamson.